0: Hello fellow worshipers, welcome back to the Linwood Worship Podcast, a podcast where I, AJ, share some thoughts with you about the whys behind what we're doing on Sunday when we lead our people in worship. As always, the goal here is not just to expand your mind and give you more information and a bigger brain. We want to kindle your passion and help you to be oriented towards Jesus. Jesus. So this week, we're continuing our survey of each element of our church's liturgy. Last week, we discussed the offering, and we are now up to the congregational prayer, or as I called it when I was a kid, the long prayer. I thought this would be a good opportunity for us to hear from another voice on the topic, and so our resident prayer expert, Pastor Matt, is with us to share some thoughts about the congregational prayer.
1: The Congregational Prayer. What is it? This prayer, which in some places might be called the pastoral prayer or the prayers of the people, is the main intercessory prayer in our Lord's Day worship. It is offered to God on behalf of the congregation, and its primary purpose is for the congregation to pray for the needs of individuals and our church, community, state, and world. These are prayers for specific people we know, but also for groups of people who we might only know from afar. There may be other aspects to this prayer as well, such as adoration, confession, and thanksgiving, but the primary purpose is to bring our needs and the needs of the world to God. Who leads it? In our church, this prayer is led by one of the pastors or one of the elders, In some Reformed churches, this prayer might be led by a deacon. In our congregation, an elder leads this prayer on the third Sunday of the month, which is often the Sundays when we celebrate communion. We usually try to encourage each of the elders to lead this prayer at least a time or two during their three year terms on the consistory. When does it occur in worship? In our congregation, this prayer occurs just before the reading of the word and the sermon. By this point, on a Sunday morning, we've been called to worship, sung praise to God, confessed our sins and received an assurance of pardon, and sung some more. This order of worship builds to the reading of the word and the sermon as the high point of worship. And after the sermon, the service closes with a hymn and a benediction such a structure highlights the the centrality and importance of the word other reformed churches use a different order they have a fourfold order that begins by 1 gathering around the word by assembling in praise and confession 2 proclaiming the word through a reading and the sermon 3 responding to the word with the congregational prayer as well as by saying a, a creed or confession and collecting an offering, and then four, bearing God's word into the world by closing with a praise and a benediction. While the way that our congregation does it focuses on the word as the high point or climax of worship, in this other worship order, the idea is that the word and the gospel is still central, but some acts of worship, like the congregational prayer, constitute part of our response to the gospel as we prepare to go out and take the gospel into the world. How is this prayer done? In the Reformed tradition, there is a lot of variation in how the congregational prayer is led. Sometimes it's more formal and liturgical, maybe with congregational responses to different parts of it. Sometimes it's more informal and extemporaneous. In smaller churches sometimes those in the congregation are invited to say their prayer requests aloud during an appropriate part of the prayer. Sometimes the congregational prayer is fairly short, sometimes it is pretty long. But we should always heed the warning of the second Helvetic confession written by Reformed Christians in Zurich in the 16th century against long and irksome prayers, lest the congregation be wearied It is good practice not to make it one long, uninterrupted prayer. The prayer can be organized in various logical and scriptural ways. For instance, particular phrases might signify the conclusion of a section, such as, Lord, hear our prayer. Or the prayer could be organized according to the phrases of the Lord's Prayer, with the leader expanding on each clause or topic to incorporate the congregation's needs. It is also a good practice to avoid using the prayer itself to deliver news, particularly regarding someone's health condition. So we close with some questions that might provoke the thinking of the worship team. How could we explore some of these variations in practice so as to enrich our congregational prayers? How could we more systematically pray for regions of the world or other parts of the body of Christ? How could we meaningfully broaden our prayers? And finally, should the congregational prayer always be given from the pulpit? Are there other appropriate places or postures we might use to better reflect and shape how the prayer is perceived and offered by the congregation?